As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know, something happens, I'm telling you, I say it all the time, but does, something does happen in transferring when we lift up the name of Jesus. There's an exchange that happens. You don't just keep your heaviness. You don't just keep your sorrow and your pain, and your worry and your doubt. None of that can stay in God's presence. It just doesn't belong there. It can't go there. There's no room for it there because the Bible says that His glory fills the temple. So that says to me, if He's filled the temple, there's no room for anything else. When His train can't even get into the temple, that paints a picture that God is bigger than my problem. He's bigger than my issues. He's greater than my pain. That's the God you serve. He is able. And I have learned that no matter what I do, that's why I sing about it so much in my songs. Praise is the weapon. Praise is the key. Brokenness before God opens the door to the heavenly realm. And when you get into the presence of God, there's an exchange that happens. I'm trading my sorrow. He's taking my pain. He's giving me joy. His, when I'm weak, he's strong. Instead of weeping, joy comes. It don't get any better than that. I don't know of an alcoholic drink. I don't know of a drug. I don't know of a person, a man, a woman. I don't know of, of money. I don't know of a house. I don't know of a car. I don't know of a job promotion. I don't know of anything that can do that. I just can't find it. There's nobody like him. Nobody. And if you haven't tried him, you ought to. He's just that good. And until you try him, you will never realize how good he is. The fact that I'm standing here today is a testimony to an awesome God. I should be dead. I was sick. My mama's here. I was sick when I was a baby. The doctor said she's not going to make it through the night. Well, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. I bet if I asked you, you could say the same thing. Some doctor said, some boss said, somebody said I wasn't going to do it. But look at me now. God's grace kept me. His peace held me. His hope brought me through it all. And that's what it's about when we praise Him. There's a great exchange. You know, something happens, I'm telling Amen. Thank God for another day. Thank God for an opportunity to come before Him, to worship Him to be before him. We thank God for a new week, a new journey with him, new wisdom, new revelation, and learning of who he is and what he has expected from us in this week. We just praise and give God glory for everything that he's going to do. So as we go before God in this week, we want to remind ourselves and focus on the fact that we are his and we 
are in his kingdom and we are a part of who he is and all the promises that he has for us, they are ours. All the promises that he has spoken, they are ours. But we have to be focused in order to receive the promises, in order to receive the blessings from God. We have to remain focused and we have to allow things to not distract us from those promises. And when when you look at things and you begin to wonder why and how, that's when the distractions begin to come in. But God is here today to let us know that he is a God that can take away all distractions. He is a God that can make sure that our path is clear to our destiny. Our path is clear to where we need to be because we have the authority of Jesus. So before we begin the program, let us just begin to pray. Father, we thank you right now. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor, O God. We magnify your holy and your righteous name today, O God. Father, we are excited about what you have for us today, Lord God. We thank you for your guidance, God. We thank you that we know that you're going to instruct us today, God. Teach us your ways, Lord God. Give us the peace that surpasses all understanding, O Lord, as we put our trust in you, O God. Not that we would lean to our own understanding, God, but that we will trust your will and your way, O God. That whatever is going on in our lives, Lord God, that we would say to you, God, not our will, but thine will be done, Lord God. That we would surrender ourselves to you, Lord that we would hear what the Holy Spirit has to say, Lord God, that he would give us revelation concerning the promises of God. We thank you right now, O God, and we hold fast to your promises. We hold fast, O God, to who you are, because we know, O God, that you are our salvation. You are our rock, our foundation. And we thank you for the blood that was shed for us, that we are able to call on the name of Jesus in the time of trouble, in the time of need. We are able to call on the name of Jesus, and we will be rescued from whatever it is that is in our lives hindering us. We thank you, God. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Today we are going to just understand what God is saying about rebuilding what has been torn down. As we look at our life, as we look around us in the world, we may see nothing but debris. We may see nothing but just destruction. We're looking at bricks that can't be rebuilt, used to rebuild anything. And we're crying out to God, asking him for help. We're crying out to God, asking him to show us a way that we need in order to be successful through him. But in the midst of those tears, in the midst of that debris, that rubble, it is blocking us from getting to God because that debris is brick, it's hard, it's, it's pieces, it's crumbled, it's shattered. And that's how we feel. Our emotions are shattered, they're broken, they don't understand, they're blockage. And we need to move the rubble. We need to move the debris in order for us to get into the kingdom of God and see what heaven is saying for us concerning rebuilding what has been torn down. As we look at our lives and, and we have to reconstruct because things aren't the way that they used to be, no matter how much we go and we try to reinvent things that we used to do and let me pull this rabbit out of this hat and let me do this and maybe this will work, and God is saying that's of old. We now have to think of rebuilding, which means what is torn down is down. It's, it's done. Now we have to rebuild according to the word of God. So as we've received our destiny reports from God, our prophecies, our dreams, and our visions, as we've received those things and we're saying to God, why am I not going forward in my destiny? Because there's emotional debris, rubble, 
that's blocking you from getting to heaven to find out the directions, to find out the step-by-step plan that God has for your life. So today we want to discuss rebuilding by removing the debris first. You can't rebuild around the debris and try to build over it or bury it and then try to build. No, because that's where the problem is. We've buried our debris, and we're trying to build on top of it, and it keeps sinking down. And we're trying to wonder, why is that happening, God, when you've said to me, rebuild? But he's given you the instructions. He's told you, I'm with you. But your emotions tears down the prophecy. Your emotions tear down the destiny, the vision, the revelation of who you are in Christ. And you're looking at that debris and you're heartbroken. And God is saying, no, I need you to rebuild. So before we start to rebuild this week and before we focus on how to rebuild this week, We're first going to deal with that debris of emotions that's in the way of us hearing what God has to say. The Holy Spirit is speaking, but we can't hear because the emotions are piled up on top of what he said. He spoke, we received it, but then it died. Why? Because our emotions overpowered what was spoken by the word of God. And God is saying to us, we have to allow the emotions to go away, to separate from what the will of God is, because he lets us know that we will endure hardship as a good soldier. We are soldiers in the army of God, and we have to understand that everything we do is for the kingdom of God. It's for the edification and the glory of God. So if we're in this for selfish reasons, then the debris will stay there. The the rubble will stay there. When God sees that our motives are bad towards the kingdom, the debris and the rubble will stay. And the prophecy will remain until we get all of that out of the way and we connect to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God cannot reveal itself while there's rubble down there. The kingdom of God cannot be open to us, the secrets of heaven, until we get rid of the rubble. So the Bible lets us know that in order to get rid of it, we have to hear from heaven. In order to hear from heaven, we have to be connected to the Holy Spirit. So as we begin to grow in Christ and we allow those things to be dismissed from our lives, God can begin to use us. How do we want God to use us? Through the visions and dreams that he has shown us. How can God use us? By saying, God, thy will be done. So let us go before the Lord, believing and trusting that today we say no more to the rubble and to the debris. Today we say no more to the distractions and the emotional turmoil that we've allowed ourselves to get into. Today we say we are rebuilding. Today we say we are being restored. Today we say we are eating the manna from heaven. Why? Because we're tired of being where we're at right now. We're tired of looking at that debris, that rubble, and it ain't moving. It's not going anywhere, and it's blocking us from going places in God. And we look at ourselves and we say, but this is not the promise that God told me about for my life. And we look in the mirror and we say, this is not who I am. Even though I've lost my job, even though I'm sick, even though my finances are in turmoil, even though things around me are falling apart, this is not who I am. And God agree with you. It's not who you are because he has a purpose for you But the purpose is for the kingdom, is not for you only. So in order to rebuild, you rebuild on Jesus. Jesus is the kingdom that is within us. So you have to rebuild on Jesus and not on personal desires or selfish desires for the kingdom of God. So as we go into Nehemiah, the Lord spoke to Nehemiah about rebuilding the temple, but first, Nehemiah went before the Lord weeping because he saw that the temple 
had been burned down, and that grieved him. So he went before the Lord, and he said, God, and he said a prayer before the Lord for the people. This was not a prayer for Nehemiah. This was a prayer for the people, for the kingdom of God. And when we pray, we're praying that the kingdom would come, not for our own desires to come, not for the rubble to be removed so that we can fulfill our own destiny, but that God may fulfill that destiny for us. So he went before the Lord in prayer, saying to God, this is not the way we're supposed to be. This is not the promise that you had for us or have for us. And God agreed. It's not. So I will be with you in the process of you rebuilding the temple. It says in Nehemiah 1, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servant, the people of Israel. I I confess the sins I confess the sins we Israelites including myself and my father's house have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees and laws you have given your servant Moses. Remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses saying if you are faithful I will scatter if you are unfaithful I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if you exile people are at the furthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to a place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. So he began to pray before the Lord, confessing the fact that they had fallen short of the promise, confessing and acknowledging the fact that there was debris hindering them from their promise. So when we go before the Lord, are we willing to confess that we have allowed the cares of this world to keep us from doing what he has called us to do? Are we willing to confess and say to God, I'm sorry because I've gotten caught up into something in the world instead of being about the kingdom's business? We have to understand that we have to be able to admit when we are wrong. And say, God, I'm sorry, but I allowed this to happen. And then in his prayer and acknowledging that, he was able to move forward in God. And God began to answer him, to let him know that, yes, let's do this. Let's go ahead and rebuild. God wants us to rebuild. Our lives. He wants things to happen for us that he has planned, but it has to be built on Jesus Christ, the foundation. It has to be built for the kingdom's work. It has to be built to edify and to glorify God, which is in heaven. It's not for our building up to look good in front of the people. It's not for us to go out and say, I have this great anointing before the people. This work is for the kingdom. This work is to keep us focused on God. So as Nehemiah began to pray before the Lord, asking him to forgive them of their sins and to basically to restore them back to where God had them, God heard their cry. So we have to see what are we calling out to God about today? that we are just crying and crying before the Lord, saying, God, help me. It's not about compromising um, ourselves. It's not about going before the Lord, trying to negotiate, but it's about going before the Lord with a humble spirit. It's about acknowledging the fact that maybe our motives were wrong or maybe, you know, we didn't get a full understanding and we just ran out there without understanding what God wanted us to do. That's what this is about. And God is saying, come to him, and he can correct whatever happened that threw us off course. It's up to us to admit that we were wrong. Nehemiah admitted, we are in sin, God. We just strayed completely away. 
So as we cry out to God this week concerning the debris that is in our life, concerning what's going on in our life that we know God has not placed in our life, God, the Spirit of God will come in and begin to show us this is what needs to be done. So as Nehemiah got the word from God to go ahead and rebuild, he goes to the king, you know, and he talks to the king about it. The king says, oh, you're looking sad. Why are you so sad? And he begins to explain it to him, and he gives him the full go-ahead to go and do the work that needed to be done for his Lord. And for the people of God. Okay, so he's going out and he's doing it. So now he's repented. He's asked God to forgive him. I understand what I've done. Now the rebuilding can begin. So you see where well, we have to be in that place of repentance, of of self-denial in order for the rebuilding to start, in order for the restoration to begin. Because we have to first understand this walk is not about us, but it's about Jesus. This work that we are promised that we need to do before he returns, it's about Jesus and the kingdom of God. So now you repent and you go before God and say, I want a fresh start with you, God. Because what happened before has fallen apart, has left me broken. I'm sitting here by myself. I'm, I'm troubled on every side. God, help me. And he comes in and he says, okay. So the Bible lets us know that once the rebuilding is approved and Nehemiah is on his way to go and and look at things, as we look at Nehemiah 2 and 11, he said, I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, I sat out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what my God put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. Then There were no mounts with me except the ones I was riding. So he's saying, I didn't even tell anybody what God placed in my heart. He knew God sent him. He knew the anointing would be with him. He knew the power of God would be with him. But he didn't go rejoicing about it, telling everybody, hey, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. He kept it among himself, and he said, "We, I've got to do this the right way this time instead of doing it the wrong way because we didn't do it right the first time. So when God begins to say, okay, let's go ahead and start rebuilding, and we get all excited because now he's saying, I'm going to use you. Now he's saying, I'm going to begin to move forward with you. And instead of us being quiet and getting more directions from God and building our spirit man up, we go out and think, this is it right here. We need to just jump, 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 jump. And God is saying, slow down. I I just need you to slow down for a minute and let me instruct you on what you need to do. So as you're talking to God this week and he's telling you what what he needs you to do, sit there and listen, take the notes, and listen to what God has to say to you. We have to move the emotions out of it because this is going to be a battle. This is not just going to be, oh, it's so glorious and people are going to love me and all of this, it's going to be a spiritual warfare going on because you're doing it for the kingdom of God. And that's why he always instructs us to put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor because in Ephesians 6, he tells us in 10, finally be strong in the Lord and the, and the power of his might and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces and evil in heavenly realms. So that lets us know right there that what we are about to battle, because we are doing the kingdom's work, is not going to be flesh and blood. But it will be in the spirit realm that we have to battle. So the debris that we see, we fought in the spirit realm, and that's why it crumbled. It had no foundation of Jesus into it. It had no purpose of the kingdom in it. So it crumbled. So this time when we rebuild, we do it on the foundation of Christ. That way it will not die. It will not crumble. It will not be distracted, defeated. It will not. Because we're building it upon the right 
foundation at this point. So we get our instructions. We're ready to rebuild our life. We're ready to rebuild the ministry. We're ready to rebuild whatever it is God is telling us we need to rebuild. And with that, God is able. He's able. We're saying to God, not my will, but thy will be done when we begin to allow the kingdom to come and take over. We allow the kingdom of God to restore what has been broken. So don't get discouraged at the debris or the rubble. Don't get discouraged because it looks like it can't be repaired. Nehemiah could have taken that attitude and said, this is not going to be repaired. This is not going to work. But he didn't. He wept over the fact that it was badly burned and it was destroyed the way that it was. But at the same time, he looked at it and he said, but God. And always remember that there is in your statement, but God. God can heal. God can restore. God will rebuild. And you do it under the instructions of God as Nehemiah did because now God sent him and said go. So he knew then that God was with him. So now there's no question. So when things begin to fall apart in our life and things are not going the way that we thought they would go or we heard a word from the Lord and now we're looking at it in a certain way and it doesn't happen Don't be discouraged that it didn't happen, that it fell apart, because God is saying, come back to me and hear what I have to say. Because obviously we didn't get the full thing, we only got the part and we ran with it. But when you hear the full instructions, Nehemiah said he sat there and he examined the place. So when God speaks to you, sit there Get the full understanding of what he's saying before you react. Because that way the foundation is sure. But when we react off of partial information, which is usually what we receive in prophecy or in dreams, then you begin to mishap and things begin to break down. But once you receive the prophecy or the dream or vision or however God has given it to you, then you can begin to go and meditate on the word of God and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me and tell me what does this mean because I am not going to mess this up off of me being too anxious, too overzealous about what God has called me to do. Because it is for the kingdom, I want to make sure I do it the right way. He will supply everything you need when it's for the kingdom of God, when we're doing it the way God has told us to do it. Even when Job went through what he went through, Job sat down for seven days, he and his friends, and no one spoke a word. It's good to sit and meditate on what God has said or what's going on in our life instead of reacting in anger or trying to manipulate and put things together to make it come back, it's not going to work because it's going to crumble again. The debris is going to crumble again. So God is saying, before you go and rebuild on an unstable foundation, come back to Christ and build upon him this time. Sit down and say, God, my life is just not looking right. I don't know what's going on. I don't know which direction to go into. I don't understand. My emotions have overshadowed every word that you've said to me, God. My emotions have taken over. I'm up one day. I'm down the next day. I don't know which way I'm going, God. Please help me. And it's not that he's not been there. It's just like you said, your emotions have taken over and completely distracted you from what God is saying. So as God has let us know in Ephesians 6, that opposition will come. Opposition will come. You will see opposition when you're doing the kingdom's work. Just because he told you, this is what I need you to do, I'm going to be with you, I've anointed you, I've blessed you, let's go. And you're thinking, oh, this is it right here, I'm I'm going out there and I'm going to do this for the Lord, and God is going to move in a mighty way. All of that is true. 
But if you're going out there thinking that the devil is not going to attack, then come on back again because you need to sit down and talk with Jesus again because opposition will come. The enemy knows that his time is short. He knows that the kingdom of God and the army of God is being built and that the strength of God, of God's people, is building stronger every day. We will not be defeated. We will not be overtaken. So when we begin to rebuild on Christ and the opposition begin to come, and they hear that you're rebuilding your life, they hear that you're rebuilding your ministry, they hear that you're rebuilding what was torn down, and they thought that you weren't going to get back up. They said this is it for them. They're too embarrassed. They're too ashamed. Surely they're going to go sit down somewhere and let maybe their kids take over or let something else happen because surely they're not going to get up after this one. But then put a comma by that statement and say, but God. (laughs) But God restores. But God heals. But God. Don't ever let somebody put a period where God is saying, I'm putting a comma because I know once your emotions are out of it, you will see that there is a God waiting for you, ready for you to do the will and the work that he has for you. So at this point in our lives, when we get to God and we confess that we were distracted, discouraged, dismayed from what he has called us to do, and he says, okay, let's let's go and re- rebuild on Christ this time, we can now stand with the boldness of Christ. We now have on our armor of Christ, and we can stand boldly and say to the devil, get ye behind me, because I am going to do the work that God has called me to do. We can now say to the situation, I am not coming down from this wall. I don't care what you tell me is going on at the bottom of this wall, in the city, in the car, in the job, wherever it is, I don't care. Because this time my focus is on Jesus. This time my focus is on the kingdom. It's not about how much money I'm going to make. It's not about the big house that I need God to give to me. It's not about the card that I want God to give to me. That's not about the kingdom. You can't rebuild the kingdom with those things because that's material. But when you rebuild the kingdom, according to the word of God, all those things will be added unto you. But we try to get the add-ons before we build the kingdom, and that's why it crumbles down. And that's why we see the rubble. That's why we see the broken hearts and we see the discouragement. We see the distractions. We see the emotional going up and down because we're not building on the sure foundation of Jesus. Nehemiah told him, he said, I don't care what what letters y'all sending me trying to make it official. I'm not coming down from this wall until it's done. So no matter how much people have counted you out, no matter how much they said you must have given up on life because you look bad, I remember when she was on top and when he was on top, and now they see you because of the changing in the world and because of things going in different places now. You may not be at that place, but that does not mean the prophecy is gone. That does not mean the dreams and visions are gone. No. Rebuild. But this time, make sure it's on Christ and not on the money. Make sure this time it's built upon Christ and not on the house. Build it on the sure foundation. And no matter how much they were jealous of Nehemiah building this, he still went on in God. And even when they got distracted and things looked a little bit hard and the rubble looked a little bit up, he still was focused. Our focus has to be on Christ because you can rebuild and you can complete what God has told you to do. 
no matter how much the enemy schemes to try to harm you, no matter how much he talks to you and tells you, but God said this, or, or maybe God is saying that, and maybe you need to take this road, sit down and just be quiet. Don't tell anybody what God has revealed to you until you get a full understanding of what you're supposed to be doing. Because when you tell a person in part, and they weren't according, they weren't there when the dream happened, they weren't there when the prophecy was told to you, and it's not about them, it was about you. So you tell it in part, they understand it in part, so they give you a part answer and tell you, I don't know if God is saying all of that. I don't know if that's the direction you should go in. Then you get upset because they're not agreeing with what you've heard. But that's your fault because you didn't keep it to yourself until you got a full understanding. So that's when the rubble happens is when we speak too soon. That's when the rubble and the debris happens and we're broken is because we're telling the vision too soon. We're being the Joseph and we're excited and we want to tell what God has shared with us in our dreams. And then we become broken. But God is saying, as Nehemiah said, he went and he examined the place. Jesus lets us know that we have to count up the cost of everything. Because the foundation is laid and we're measuring the foundation and we're looking at what's going on and we're saying, okay, Jesus, I see how this can match because I see what you see. But when we see it out of our own eyes, we don't see how the foundation and the vision matches. It it doesn't because our flesh can't comprehend spiritual. It cannot. So therefore, Nehemiah is a great example of how we need to stay focused on what God has told us to do, regardless of who agrees or disagrees. He didn't ask us to go out there and ask folks what they think. He didn't ask us to go and take a poll and see who agrees with what God told you to do, what job he told you to go get and where he told you to live. That's not that's not what he told you. He says, this is what I need you to do. Now our job is to sit down and meditate on the word of God and say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the steps that God wants me to do it. He revealed to Noah how to build the ark inch by inch. He revealed to Solomon how to build he revealed to Solomon how to build the temple inch by inch. What more would he do for you if you asked him? Surrender yourselves unto the Lord. Surrender what you know to be the right thing unto the Lord and say it's for the kingdom. It's not for your own self wealth or your own self building. You are building up the kingdom of God and that will last. That is what's going to last. Building upon the kingdom of God. So whatever it is you're going through, whatever promises you're saying to God, why haven't they come to pass yet? What is going on in my life? If we look in um, Judges 6 and 13, we're going over to Gideon because he had a commission from God as well. It says in 13, but sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to, to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of the Midians. So that goes to show right there when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, and this is what he wants you to do. Gideon, the first thing he thought was in his flesh. He said, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why are we even going through all this? after we've heard so much about how God brought them out of Egypt and how he did this and miraculously fed them manna from heaven, and we looking for all that now because we serving the same God they serve, what happened? And he spoke from his heart. But he didn't realize that there was debris that blocked all that from coming to them. He didn't realize that there was rubble down there that blocked the heavens from coming to them and bringing the kingdom of God to them. So when he finally got it, he went and did what God said, and it was on a foundation that was sure. When Joseph finally got it and he was able to get out of the prison, he got it, and he was able to connect to the kingdom of God. But at first he saw the dream and he ran with it and his flesh took over and said, hey, 
I'm going to be the man in the, in, in the future. i already seen it. God has shown me I'm the man. So we're not building when we hear on the foundation of Christ. We're building on the foundation of our flesh because, woo, we look like we're really going to be something. And God is saying, no, when you build on Christ, it's not about you. You don't see it as about you. You see it as about the people of God. Gideon's mission was about the people of God. Joseph, the people of God. Moses, the people of God. He just uses the ones that he's broken. And those who say, not my will, but thy will be done. So whatever hindrance is upon your life, you have to be able to say, God, not my will, but thine be done. And then you'll see the rebuilding began. But we're build, we're trying to build on brokenness. We're trying to build on past hurts. We're trying to build upon all that and bury it, thinking it's going to go away. And God is saying it's not. It's going to interrupt the whole foundation. It's just going to interrupt everything, and it's just going to crumble down because it's not built on Christ, the blood of Jesus. It's not built on worship. It's not built on prayer. It's not built on meditation of the word of God. It's built upon fleshly understanding. And he's saying, no. I need you to build upon the promises of God. I need you to build. And when you pour yourself out before the Lord, and we look at 1 Samuel 1, when Hannah wanted a baby, and she began to cry out unto the Lord. Now, all the other stuff she did before was not the solid foundation. But it was when she went before the Lord and she cried and she poured her heart out before God. That is when the blessing came. So whatever we're facing in this life, and we're not putting it to the foundation of God, we're not looking for God to move in the way that he plans on moving, but we're looking for God to move in the way that we think he should move, then we still have debris. We still have rubble. Build on a foundation that is sure. And always understand that it's not about you. It's not about you. It's always about the glory of God. When you get up and you sing that song, it is about the glory of God. When you minister, it is about the glory and the kingdom of God because he wants a word to get out to his people. He wants his people to know that he's there for them. He wants them to know that he loves them, and he's saying, I want to use you. And you're saying, God, use me, but yet you have debris, you have rubble. That's in the way of you connecting to the kingdom of God. You want the anointing to come? Get connected, remove the rubble. Gideon said, what happened to all that stuff that was promised to us? It's still there. It's still promised to you, Gideon. Just do on the foundation of Christ. Well, God, you promised me that I would be this and I would do that for you and that I would work for you. It's still there, but build it upon the promises of the foundation of Christ. It's about the kingdom. It's about salvation. It's about the blood of Jesus. That's when we are sure. That's when no matter how much the enemy comes after us, we stay focused as Nehemiah did. No matter how much he says he'll destroy us and he'll set us up and he'll kill us and he'll do battle with us, it doesn't matter because our foundation is sure on the blood of Jesus. And when we hear the enemy is coming against us, we are standing on the foundation that we can say no weapon formed against me shall prosper because I'm on the foundation of the kingdom of God. But when we have the debris and the rubble that's in the way and we're not connected to the kingdom, we'll see debris just continue to fall down. We'll see rubble just continue to stay there. And we're asking God, why? Why? 
and we're sincere with our question. It's from our heart, but he wants to reveal to us why, which is because we're not connected the way that he needs for us to be connected. We're in our last times, and we know that, and we've been hearing it since Lord knows who ever been children. But when we look at the signs of times, as Jesus told us to, to always watch and examine what's going on, we know that we're here now. So we know that this work that we're doing right now is more about the kingdom than about us. And God's army is about the kingdom and not about them. They're not viewing how people look at them. Nehemiah didn't care how they looked at him, that he was crazy for trying to rebuild a wall. He said, what are y'all going to do? Are you going to be the king? What are y'all trying to do? I'm, I'm, I'm focused on rebuilding. I'm focused on what Christ has told me to do. Whatever it is that is in your way, anger, unforgiveness, you feel lonely, you're crying out to God because it seems like your prayers aren't answered. You're crying because it seems like every job you apply for, it doesn't work. You're crying because it seems like no matter what your hand touches, it doesn't prosper. And you're saying to God, as Gideon said, but where are the promises? Where's all the things that's supposed to happen in my life? I'm holding on to those promises. And God is saying, come, come back to me. Come back to my kingdom. Come back to my foundation." Repent for any distractions that have taken you away from God. He's saying, I'm still here and I'm still waiting for you. I want you to have everything that I promised you. But it has to be through the foundation of Christ. It has to be through what God has promised you through the foundation of Christ. So now that we see it didn't work the way that we planned or the way that we did it before, Can we now do it according to the foundation of Christ? Allow God to remove the rubble. Allow God to remove the debris. It's not our job to remove it because when we remove it, we hide it. When we remove it, we sweep it under the rug. But when God removes it, he heals it. When God removes it, it's forgotten. That's when we are restored. So God wants us to build upon a sure foundation, a sure foundation. So with that, we can stop crying. With that, we can stop being discouraged. But that we can look to heaven with the assurance of knowing that our God is an awesome God. We will look to heaven and know that what he has promised us, it will and shall come to pass. There's no defeat in God. There's no defeat in God, which means there's no defeat for us because we are part of the kingdom of God. So let us be focused on the kingdom. Discouragement, we cast you out in the name of Jesus. Disappointment, we cast you out in the name of Jesus. Distractions, we cast you out in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood right now over our destiny. We plead the blood right now over our lives and our family because we are not coming down off of this wall until It is rebuilt until what God has instructed to come to pass will come to pass. We will not be defeated. Father, we thank you right now. We give you all the praise and all the glory because we know that you are our Lord and Savior. We know that we are rebuilding upon your kingdom. We know, O God, that we will not be distracted because anything that takes us away from you We rebuke it right now. We cast it out in the name of Jesus, and we move forward for the kingdom. 
We are in the army of the Lord, and we plead the blood over anything coming against us, but we will stay focused on what God has told us to stay focused on. We will not be defeated. We will not continue to sit and look at the walls and cry. We will not continue to sit there and ask God why or say to God, I don't know what you're doing. When all we have to do is go before him in silence. When all we have to do is build on the kingdom of God. Defeat is no more in our life as of today because we're going to build on Jesus Christ. Discouragement is no more in our life because we're going to build on Jesus Christ. We will build on our sure foundation. No more emotional highs and lows because we're going to build on a sure foundation. The promises of God will come to pass in our life because we're going to build on a sure foundation, Jesus Christ. And that the blood will protect us from any enemy that's coming against us to oppose the kingdom of God. And we will not fight with flesh and blood, but that we will fight through the kingdom of God. We will stay focused. We will allow the Lord to do his will in our life. Not my will, Lord, but that thy will be done. Not the way that I think it should be, Lord, but that thy will be done. I'm going to build on the foundation of Christ. No more on the foundation of money. No more on the foundation of getting a house. No more on the foundation of getting a job. Because all those things will be added unto me when I seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we have to understand that sin cannot abide when you're building on the foundation of Christ. So we repent, Lord, for building on the wrong foundation. We are sorry, God, for being distracted. Forgive us, O oh Lord. But God... We now focus on your kingdom's work. We now focus on what you've called us to do. We know opposition will come. We know, oh God, that things will come to try to discourage us. But, Lord, we will stand on your promises. So right now we have a little bit of time left to take our caller. Hello, caller. Kill your family. Kill your... So we thank God for everything that he's doing in our life, for everything. Don't allow yourselves to be distracted from things, but to stay focused in Christ. We give God praise. We give God glory. We give God honor as we plead the blood, even over this caller, Mike, as we ask God to go and minister to him and that he would accept God into his life and that he would run the race that God has required of his life and that he would say, not my will, Lord, but that thine will be done. That's what we pray for that caller as we focus on the kingdom and not the emotions. We thank God for who he is in us. Regardless of what's going on, we move the rubble out of the way. We move the past out of the way after God has healed us from it. We move all of those things out of the way and we allow Christ to come in and 
show us and give us revelation through his spirit on how to build according to his word that we may last in this day and time, that we may be focused in this day and time. We give you glory, God. We thank you. Father, we magnify your holy and righteous name. You are so worthy of all the praise, Lord God. As we begin to build on your word, God, as we begin to stand with our whole armor on, God, ready to fight in the spirit realm any opposition that comes before us, Lord God, Lord, that we won't be distracted and come down from what you've called us to do, Lord God. But, God, that our focus will remain on you and that we know, oh, God, that what you've called us to do is set in motion, God, because now the foundation is upon Jesus Christ, Lord God. Our focus is where it needs to be. And, and, and God, we thank you for this week because in this week, God, we will stay focused. In this week, God, we will remove the emotions, God. We will not go up and down with our emotions. Because every time we hear something negative or hear something discouraging, we will say, but God. And with that but God, we will say, but God heals, but God restores, but God will work it out, but God. And we will continue on in what you promised us. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 